Welcome to another edition of the Maculate Podcast. I'm your host, John West. Today I'm here with Emily Burt. She does RCIA here, Young Adult Ministry Extraordinaire. Uh, Emily, welcome. Thanks, John. Thanks for having me on today. Um, not sure about extraordinaire, but we'll give it a shot. No, you're definitely extraordinary. And you had quite the commute, too. 15 minutes? 12 minutes? No, like <laughs> two feet from, <laughs> from oh, my office. Office commute, yeah. We used to be office mates, and I miss those days sometimes. I'm sure you don't, though, as much as I do. I do in a way, because there was a lot of good times where we just bounce ideas off of each other, which was really nice. Now we have a thick cement wall between us, and it's very sad. Now I have to actually like leave to run something past you, because usually it's something where I'm just being ridiculous, and you're like, no, John, you, that's not feasible. <laughs> <laughs> People will not like you for this. <laughs> <laughs> we shoot ideas down quickly, but very unmillennial-like of us to have to want to leave the comfort of our home to interact with other people. <laughs> I guess in that regard, I'm a rebel then. There you go. There you go. But it's great to have you on. It's your inaugural your inaugural episode. We've already had That's one great. with uh, Father Mike, and uh, he did great, and so you'll do great too. That's a tough act to follow. <laughs> I wanted to talk to you about just like college and post-college, because... We kind of went over on a previous episode that we have a lot of young people in our office. And yeah, we do. I think you're the youngest. You hold that distinction. I am. As far as paid people here, yeah. I'm only two and a half years out of my undergraduate. And where did you go to college? I went to um, a small Jesuit university called John Carroll University. It's right outside of Cleveland, Ohio. Go Blue Streaks. The Blue Streaks? The blue streaks. There's multiple theories of what that is, but what nobody's like. What, <laughs> what are the leading theories? There is a theory that a streak is a pack of wolves. Our uh, mascot is the lobo, which is Spanish or Latin for wolf. Um, so one is just, oh, it's just a big pack of wolves. The other is that there's a blue streak in the wolf's eye when it goes hunting at night. Oh. So something about aggressive wolves. That's all. <laughs> do you guys have like well-known a- like athletes and stuff? Like, is there, do you do school sports? We do. So we were um, a D three school, being okay. small, but we have a really large presence of NFL coaches. Actually, so not many on the field. London Fletcher, he used to play for the NFL oh, yeah. for a bunch of years. He's from John Carroll. Yeah, he was on the Rams. Um, yeah, Don Shula, he was a really famous coach. Yeah, he uh, our stadium at John Carroll is still called Don Chula Stadium. So he was one of ours. Um, and then we just have a large presence in the NFL as far as coaches go rather than players. So a lot of our players go to be coaches. Awesome. And then what did you study while you were there? So my majors were in theology slash religious studies, which was one. Um, and then Spanish was my second major. And then I minored in Catholic studies. Wow. So you had a lot of by a lot of free time you had no free time <laughs> you, were const- you were constantly studying then you are better than I I only had one major oh I don't know about constantly studying but I definitely filled my free time and so when you so you studied theology I did a lot of people have around have studied theology I think as you get more like into in tune with like the different Catholic people around mm-hmm. you realize how many people actually did study theology that you just like never knew about like whether they went to franciscan or university of dallas or wherever Mm -hmm. was it your intent going in to get into ministry at all no 
short answer. That was not my intent um, when I went in. I wasn't sure what I wanted to do post-grad when I went into my undergraduate. Um, I knew for sure my degree would be in theology slash religious studies. And as I mixed that with my Spanish major, I kind of got really interested in Latino theologies um, and also got really interested in like poverty studies and how that can kind of mix with religion and faith, things like that. Um, So as I went through college, I kind of thought I would end up doing international nonprofit work, maybe working with like GMOs in Latin America, something like that. Um, Obviously, that's not what the plan was (laughs) right away, maybe somewhere down the road. Um, But I ended up having to kind of take what I felt was the easy route after college, um, I was in between, I only went to my senior year for one semester. So I was home for a summer doing an internship here in the diocese with their peace and justice, um, office, um, kind of starting to explore that area of ministry. And I knew that I had to move back here and that was also not part of my original plan. Um, like I said, I thought I'd be in like El Salvador, or Honduras, something like that, not Plainfield or Joliet, Illinois. Um, <laughs> Arguably the most opposite you can yes. get. <laughs> like very, very unwarm. Yes. Very English speaking. <laughs> very cozy. Yeah. Cozy, sub- cozy suburban life. Yes. Not in the jungles. But anyways, um, I knew I had to move back here because I had gotten engaged and my future husband was out here on contract and it wasn't going to be an option to move right away. And I just happened to be offered the job through connections um, with the internship. I got offered the job here. And it was one of those senior choices of college. Like, do I say no to this job that was presented to me and struggle through a job search my whole last semester? Or do I accept it and spend the semester knowing that I already have a job and lined up? So I took the job here and thought we'll give it a shot. And you've been here ever since. I've been here ever since. Yep. So I got hired three years ago, but like I said, I had to go back for one semester. So I have been like actively working here for two years and nine months, almost three years now. Nice. And so now your, I guess your official title is like RCIA director. Mm-mm. That's ac- that's just, although it seems like that's what I spend the majority of my time on, that's actually a very small part of my job description, but um, my title's adult formation coordinator. Around the Plainfield area, um, FIAT is the young adult mm-hmm. group for people 18 to th- 35, mm-hmm. the technical mm-hmm. age range of people, and you kind of coordinate them. That was kind of my first introduction to you, I guess, in terms of what you did on Uh, staff and then you do a lot of the adult formation series that get run Mm -hmm. seemingly constantly throughout the parish that's the ball we try to keep spinning yep so i guess for for what we're trying to accomplish today i guess i kind of want to focus on like the young adult stuff because we are millennials and i think like that is a little bit easier to focus on because we know about that experience but what would you say so you you Went to college. You were in a Catholic college, mm-hmm. studying Catholic Jesuit. things. Jesuit. Some people would argue. That's <laughs> <I'm kidding. laughs> 
<laughs> no, we were thoroughly Shots Catholic. Shots fired yes. Jesuits. <laughs> I love Jesuits. No. But yes. But So you went to Catholic college. You were studying Catholic things. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you... Do you think like being Catholic is like easier in college or post-college? And what I mean by that is like... Is it easier to be involved with Catholic stuff while you're in college? Or do you think it's easier post-college, like in a parish life? I think when you're in college, and obviously I went to a Catholic university, so I don't want to speak for everybody's experience, because if you went to a public university, maybe it's different. Um, I think in college you have more opportunities to be involved, more readily available to you especially if you're living on campus because then you only have to walk to bible study or you just have to walk to mass or you can just walk over to whatever is going on um and everything on a catholic campus through their campus ministry is geared towards your demographic and so in that sense maybe it's easier in that it's more available and it's logistically easier to attend to um However, I think there are, whether you're in a Catholic college or public university, um, there's a lot of different societal pressures um, that's going on in the college scene that you have to either choose to combat to be closer to your faith or you experience and, and live a different lifestyle because that's what everybody's living in college at that time, it seems. Um, whereas when you're outside of college and you're post-grad, then you have to make a little bit more of an effort. You have to get in your car. You have to, like, God forbid, read a bulletin to figure <laughs> out what's going on. Like, you have, have to, to read, read these, things now? This these is ridiculous. print materials. You have to stay the whole mass to listen to the announcements. You know, you have to, it's not as um, right there being fed to you at all times. There's not bulletin boards as you're walking to class that you can look and see what's going on. So you have to do a little bit more, like, self motivation and um, self-initiating if you want to be involved after college. And not everything is geared towards young adults then when you're out of college. So maybe you have a harder time finding things that you're actually interested in going to. Yeah, I think that's that's an interesting point that you make because I think the transition into being in a parish post-college is a lot more difficult when all of a sudden the people that are kind of in your age bracket are have a family, have kids, uh, maybe necessarily aren't single. Uh, if they are single, maybe they're a little bit older because all the studies that's saying millennials are leaving the, the church or whatever. That definitely plays a, an effect in how you, like I guess necessarily make friends at that level because I remember being at the, I went to the University of Iowa, which is a public school, but they had a Newman Center. So I was fairly involved in their Newman Center. Um, and made some friends in the Newman Center doing specific things. But the dynamic of that changes, because I think a lot of people go to their parish to try to make friends or to, mm-hmm. like, find a future spouse or whatever whatever it is that they're looking for. I think mostly friends on, the, on that. You made a face kind of like, oh, boy. But <laughs> I think, like, I think friend-making is, like, kind of a big deal. Like, Yeah, you lost your community that you had in college. Yeah. You have to rebuild it. Yeah, because a lot of times you have to move back. Like in your case, you moved home. Like I moved back to the area, then left, then come back and left and came back again. (laughs) Uh, But I guess that kind of leads me to my next question then. Like 
I mean, on the Facebook world, the adulting is kind of like a term that's mm-hmm. thrown around. Hashtag adulting. Yeah, hashtag adulting. <laughs> I'm not cool enough to say hashtag in things and make it and make it sound cool. <laughs> I just make it seem like extremely nerdy. Because <laughs> I came to it like that's all right. three years later or whatever. But like, what would you say to somebody who is like 20, 23, moves back home? Maybe they're living with their parents again, but not necessarily they're on their own and they're stuck with the prospect of making new friends is there yeah, that a, seems a little intimidating doesn't yeah, it yeah <laughs> like especially friends that ha- like share your common faith mm-hmm. values and stuff too yeah i think if it's a priority of yours to do that then you would seek it out um if there is some type of like diocesan directory that you can show because I think a lot of young adult stuff happens on an area basis rather than a parish basis that's true and so it sometimes might look like nothing is going on at your parish for young adults but if you're in a sub like a suburb there's probably multiple catholic churches in your suburb so it's probably happening on an area basis in which case I would suggest looking to some type of diocesan young adult office and seeing if they can direct you towards something close in your area. Um, And I think the other piece of advice that I would suggest is when we're in college, it's not out of the ordinary. If you go to some type of event, it wouldn't be odd for you to walk up to a stranger and just start talking. Like if you're at the social after mass or whatever, nobody thinks you're weird because you're all there for kind of doing the same thing, creating a community. You're all there for faith. It's not weird to go up to a stranger and just start talking to them. You go to the same university, you know? Um, And so I think the advice I would give after college is like, it's okay to kind of keep that mindset that if you see another young adult at mass or after mass or at anything, don't feel like, you can't just go up to that person and introduce yourself because more than likely they're looking for the same thing you are. But we all, when we get into the quote unquote, quote, real world, I think we get afraid to interact with each other because yeah. we don't think it's socially like acceptable. We're in college. Nobody thinks it's weird to talk to strangers because they're your peers. We're here. We're in a mixed gr- community, but the young adults are still your peers. So it's still okay to introduce yourself to them. Yeah, and I wonder why that happens in the first place, because you never stop making friends. You would hope. Yeah, yeah you would hope, because it just seems, I think you're totally, you totally hit the nail on the head with, there are like pockets of young adult groups, mm-hmm. and I see that in our diocese too, like there's oh, yeah. there's a pocket here in Plainfield with Fiat, there's a, a Bible study pocket up in Elmhurst, mm-hmm. uh, there's a pocket in Naperville, like around mm-hmm. St. Peter and Paul, and yeah, you wonder, like, all these groups are together and stuff, but, like, do you make that bigger, and can you make that bigger? Like, is that a, th- a thing that is capable, like, that we're capable of? Mm-hmm. Like, how big of a community can can you reach, I guess, at that point? I mean, it's an interesting question. Is that a question, question to I me? I don't, <laughs> I don't know the answer to that I mean, not that really. One. <laughs> it's, it's an interesting thought, oh, though. No. Like, you know, how, yeah. how, far does, how far can it go? I guess the biggest thing I always see is especially with faith stuff like people kind of congregate either at a parish or at a diocesan event or a young adult event and they'll come for a talk or a series or whatever but then there isn't a whole lot of like hanging out going on afterwards like the continuity kind of between that yeah like do you think 
how do you, I mean, this is kind of a loaded question too, but how do you think you go about like fostering that? Yeah, I think a lot of that is on the individual because I don't think any young adult group or event or even if a parish staff person puts on the best weekly series thing for people, that parish cannot force the community in between the days. Um, and so I think there's there's twofold. I think for somebody who might be coordinating these types of events, it is just so important to make sure that you do allow enough time for networking during your events. Um, so if you're a coordinator of young adult stuff, like make sure that you are offering and building in intentional time for people to actually introduce themselves to other people, for people to actually find others who have common interests, whether that's like dorky icebreakers i'm totally not endorsing icebreakers <laughs> but sometimes that's the easiest way to do it um but you know ways to find common interest outside of the talk or outside of whatever it is so that people can pull out their phones and become facebook friends and like again i think it's on the individual to not be afraid to ask another person to connect on that friend level i remember one of my friends right now one of my closest girlfriends, she just started coming to Fiat like two years ago. And, you know, I say I'm nice to everybody. So I was saying hi to her, all this stuff. I was seeing her week after week at one of our weekly things we were having, kind of knew a little bit about her. Um, but uh, one day she had just kind of taken the initiative on one of the nights to say, you know what, we should really try to hang out. And she just said, we should really try to hang out you know, this week or next week, like, when are you free? Let's go grab a drink. And she took the initiative then to like take the interaction from outside of just those weekly gatherings to trying to build a friendship. And then, um, you know, now she's one of my closest friends. So I think that's just a small example that we could have gone the whole rest of that series, just talking to each other on the Wednesday nights. And then that would have been it. Had she not say, Hey, I think we should hang out. Yeah, I think it's also important, too, not to be afraid to do that either. Mm -hmm, exactly, I do mean, it. You can sit there all you want and digest all this information, but if you're not fostering good friendships like outside of that, it doesn't mean a whole lot, I don't think. Your life like, doesn't change. Yeah, and it's interesting because I, I feel like there are a lot of young adult Catholics out there that are kind of like, there's no one else like me. But I think there are a lot of people yeah. that are just looking for like just good authentic friendships and they're not finding them, but they're not doing anything about it either. Exactly. You can't just sit at an event and expect that all of a sudden now you have a bunch of close friends because you sat at the event. You have to take the initiative to try to bring it from outside of whatever you're attending. Yeah. And I've, I'm guilty of this totally too. Cause I've, I'm not the type of person that will just go up and be yeah, like, it's hard oh. to tell introverts that. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I know because well, Emily knows me fairly well. I'm very introverted, <laughs> and um, I think I do well when I'm prompted by somebody. Like if someone approaches me and is like, "Oh, hey, like how's it going?" Mm -hmm. I think I, I, I don't st uh, stall the conversation. I think I'm good at keeping it going, but I'm not the type of person that is good at starting it mm -hmm. you know i'm good at continuing it so have have good people to start them have good people to <laughs> yeah, continue them go. and and you can make your way well you know what i think we're kind of running out of time 
uh, you probably All have right. to go back to do doing something. Yeah, we just try to look like we're doing something. <laughs> I have a series starting tonight, so yeah, gonna, plug your series. So we're offering it's kind of an older series, but it's just so good. We're offering it again. We're doing Catholicism series. It's a Baron series. The then father Baron. Yeah. Now he's Bishop Baron. Pre Bish. Yes, this is pre Bish Baron um, Catholicism series. So Tuesday nights. For an hour and a half, we're just going to go through all the basics of Catholicism together. Cool. All right. Well, thanks for stopping by. And uh, we look forward to having you back on. All right. Thanks, John.